You are listening to the Revive the World Ministries podcast. We hope this message encourages you to be all God created you to be so that you can impact the world around you with the love and power of God. For more information about us, you can visit our website at revivetheworld.org or visit us in person each Sunday at 10.30 a.m. and Wednesday at 6.30 p.m. We hope to connect with you soon. So that song that that we were just singing is a song that Sarah just wrote in the last few weeks. Is that right? She just wrote that in the last few weeks, and um, that would that song would be our new anthem, um, as far as I'm concerned, um, because revival it it either looks like family or it's it's not kingdom. I'm gonna keep on pushing this because I'm really convinced of it. Um, I feel like revival, it either looks like family or it's not kingdom. That for a long time now, we've, we've equated revival to signs, wonders, and miracles. And because of that, we've done the, the body of Christ a disservice uh, in some ways because they've waited for some great church meetings to take place inside of a building to call something revival and then inadvertently forgot that actually that revival is a lifestyle, that it's not a meeting. <clears throat> that signs, wonders, and miracles actually follow the, the normal Christian life. That it's just the life of a believer. It says it in Mark 16, these signs will follow, right? And then Jesus, when, in Luke 10, he tells the, the disciples, he says, hey, uh, when they come back and they're like, man, the demons are even subject to us in your name because they're blown away. Like, could you imagine going out and, and he telling you to heal the sick and cast out demons and, and raise the dead and preach the gospel and then it actually works? You remember the first time you saw somebody healed, if you ever have? You're like, wow. <laughs> Mike, I heard somebody say it, but now it really works. <laughs> I, I, really, I really believe it. And immediately, he, it isn't that he didn't celebrate them. It's that he pointed them immediately. He said, hey, just remember what's most important. Your name's written in the Lamb's Book of Life. He's saying, I, I don't want you to get off track here and fall into the fact that that, that is a byproduct. Uh, that's actually a byproduct of your life. It will be for the rest of your life. That's your normal life. But remember that your name's written in heaven. Remember that it's actually about, this is, this is about family. And that's why revivals have, I'm convinced that one of the reasons, not the only reason, that why what we've called revival hasn't lasted. They've lasted for just for a handful of years, three, three and a half years, been the longest one that's lasted. Toronto's probably been the longest one really that's lasted. It's been going for 25 years, but because it didn't stay inside uh, of what once was the, the airport vineyard there, right? It resulted in thousands and thousands and thousands of churches being planted around the world. That, that's, you know, that's, that's what we call reformation. It's bringing reformation to cities around the world. And so revival looks like, it looks like healthy kingdom family. Oh, it's, it's, what we're, it's what we're made for. That's what encourages me the most is that it isn't that we have to put a great deal of effort into this thing, right? You're not working for anything Jesus paid for. He sat down <laughs> at the right hand of God. That means then we're seated with him. That means that the work is finished. <laughs> and so now I just need to, I need to believe better and, and allow the things. I mean, Sarah, she couldn't have articulated that song any better of what a healthy family looks like. I embrace the process of refinement. I realized that I probably wasn't raised in the ideal healthy kingdom of family, the best that my parents did. And then what, what are those things that God wants to refine out of, out of me and so that I can be transformed into his image and look like love? 
So that was just a, before we do some other stuff, message I felt burning in my heart as we were, um, as we were worshiping. But we got a couple things to do before I actually uh, teach today. So uh, <laughs> the, we, we've got something that's, uh, that's a huge honor and, and incredibly sad for, for me to do. Um, so before we send, we're sending Isabel, Isabella, we're sending off again to uh, Bethel School in Redding, California. So she's going back to second year. She went to first year. Her, she had uh, what will forever be known as the, the COVID school year um, that, that really robbed her of a lot of the um, relational aspect of, of the school, of what it's supposed to be, even though she got a whole lot, and you can tell it in her life. But maybe it wasn't quite as much as what it was supposed to be. So she you know, knows without a shadow of a doubt she's supposed to be there for second year. So we get the privilege of sending her off, but I sure am going, sure am going to miss her a whole lot. Um, so make an excuse for me to go out to Reading, but <clears throat> before we do that, I want to give you guys an update real quick on the refugees that we've been able to help financially. First, I want to thank you all for the way that you responded to the, the giving for the refugees. Uh, to my knowledge, we've brought in a little north of $4,000 and that's been, that's what I've sent over there. Uh, I sent it in two installments. Um, over there, and they've already passed out. So we've got pictures of the food, of some of the food distribution. So they put this, this was their idea, this was not our idea, because I, I want you to know that getting, getting credit for this stuff is like, I'm not interested in that. That doesn't matter, because they don't know what RTW means anyway. Afghan refugees don't know what that means. <laughs> if, they, if they can even read Relief Program Pakistan in English would be shocking to me. Um, so... But there's, there's five or six camps of refugees around Karachi, uh, which is the connection we have in, in Pakistan. And then there's other ones that they're also helping that are on the border, Afghanistan um, and Pakistan. But there's only certain people from my friend uh, Dinash's uh, ministry that are going there. He's not one of them because his, t- his face is plastered all over TV. And he, he just, it's, not, it's one of his protocols. He just doesn't go in that area. It's not wise for him. Um, so this was his idea. He's like, hey, during COVID, I, I put um, Grace Network, which is their media network, um, and also provides clean water to wells. He, he put that on packages, and they're helping people during COVID with food, you know, practical things, food and water. And he gained a lot of favor with the government doing that. So this was his idea for us to gain favor with the government and when you can gain favor with a government that's 98, well, which is 100% Muslim, um, for us Christians is a, a really big deal. So he's gained favor with them. We're riding with him on this. And God's got an open door. So thank you guys again for just selflessly giving in, into this. And so this is, these are the boxes. This is Dinash's team filling these boxes with, with practical things um, that will last, rice, beans, flour, things like that. This more you see all that's going into it. They, they say that these boxes of food could last up to a month for a family. It just depends on how many people they have because se- seven or eight people is a small family for Middle Eastern families. Um, seven or eight kids is normal. That's if they, have, if they have one wife. If they have two, double it, um, which is also normal. You know, and that's why the, the world, by 
2030 will be, if not sooner, will be way browner than it is blacker or whiter. Because they're, they're multiplying faster. <laughs> they have more kids than we do. It's just math, right? <laughs> and so, <laughs> so this, the, these are the Afghan refugees. Uh, we're only showing these to you. We're not showing these on camera, are we? No, okay. So we're only showing these pictures of their faces here. We're not showing them on Facebook um, for their safety. So this is Dinash right here. Dinash Peters, our, our, our really good friend uh, there in Karachi. Um, so you can keep on going, Rachel. Thank you. Carrying food home. Uh, this is in Karachi. If you all, you know how Karachi is one of the biggest cities in the world. Twenty and a half million people. It's a, it's, it's really, really big. So this is one of the areas that they've deemed to be pretty vacant that they're putting the refugees in. Uh, okay, some more pictures. Are there any left? Ah, thank you. So there's the truck. All the kids, right? So incredibly cute. So, <laughs> yeah. Amazing. So I, I wanted to share with you, there's, there's been such a great response to the relief. There was, a, there was a man who was in his 70s that fell down at the feet of Dinosh and, and was just touching his feet and saying how he hadn't eaten in, in seven or eight or nine days. Um, because when these refugees came over, they had no food or water. They just ran for the border as fast as they could gather so they didn't get killed. And it's just like, I'm like, wow, well, I can't fathom. So he's not the only one that had that, that same story. And Dinesh said that there are, there are several people that are ready to give their lives to Jesus because of this practical response of giving them food. And that, that, wasn't, even, that wasn't the goal either, even though that's, this is the gospel in action, right? It's, it's also feeding the hungry and, and clothing those that don't have it. You know, it's, that's, that's part of the gospel. It's a very important part. Um, so now these people are responding to an act of love, and they're like, we want to we know this Jesus. That Because when Dinesh gives, they hand food out anywhere that they do it. They do it in villages. Um, they do it in lots of places around Pakistan. And they always tell them, hey, we're just doing this because we love you, and our Jesus loves you. And that's it. Like, they're not... They're not pushing any agenda. It's not love with a hook. It's love with, with no agenda at all. So it's just amazing. So thanks for, for making that possible um, to give to them. I think we've had some more money that's come in since. I, I don't, I'm not the one that keeps track of that. Uh, Rich uh, Starkey's the one that keeps track of that. And so he'll let me know this coming week. And whatever else comes in, we send, we'll send back over to them. And so it's just it's absolutely incredible what's, what's taking place there. So thanks, thanks to you guys um, for doing that. And, uh, and, and, and now with them, with the refugees around close to where I'll be in December, uh, we've got another mission field um, of Afghan refugees, of, of Afghanistan, you know, men and women and children to be able to go to when, I, when I'll be there. So I'm really excited about that. Also, I want to give you a report about Afghanistan that we, we saw on, on Facebook that an underground church of 250 250, is that where it was? Three-something? Three, 350? Uh, now, almost seemingly overnight, it's 2,500 people 
uh, in the underground church in Afghanistan of believers that won't leave because they know they're supposed to stay there. I'm like, yeah, tell me persecution doesn't cause multiplication. <laughs> the enemy's plan always will backfire on him, right? Uh, you just can't stop the kingdom. It's an unstoppable force. You just, you just can't do it. It doesn't, ma- it doesn't matter. So uh, continue to pray for them. Um, I'll continue to give you ports, reports as they come in. So, what else do I have? Oh, you know what? I've got one. I've got one quick announcement um, that you can you can talk to me about after. Yeah, if you're interested. So, Revive School of Transformation. T- raise your hand if you went to ISSM or Revive School of Transformation in this room. Look around you. Leslie went. I, I went. If you look, you'd see that the majority of our leadership team has been there, and. So we, we not only endorse it, I actually teach at that school. It's a nine-month school. It's two nights a week for first year, two nights a week for second year. Um, if you've never been before, obviously, you'd be signing up for first year. Those are on Tuesdays and Thursday nights. It's about three, three and a half hours. If you are hungry for more and you're interested in growing in who you are, um, I highly encourage at least checking it out. The school starts in about three weeks, um, and so it's the, it's the week after Labor Day. And so not quite three weeks, but you've still got time uh, for a for a game time game time decision. It's a good you know I like a good sports analogy. And um, talk to me afterwards. Dave Knoll, Dave and Sandy Knoll run the school. I can tell you that of all the people that raised their hands that went to the school, all of our lives have been changed, right? Like forever, radically changed. Their school is the result. Of, like I'm a product of that. Like you're you're seeing in this school this year. Any of us that have went this year will be different than it ever has been before because they're getting away from doing videos. There will only be a few videos that are shown, and all of the teaching will be done by live in-person people, which I'll be one of those that will take on a lot of that teaching load. Uh, Me, Dave, uh, and Sandy will do a little bit, and then there will be other people from around the region that you don't know that are absolutely amazing, and they'll be coming in and teaching on subjects that are their passion and their desire. So, and again, Revive School, talk to me after service if you're interested in that. I can get you all the information. There's videos on Facebook at Revive School of Transformation. And you can check out those. You can check out my testimonial videos on there, too. And there might be a few testimonial videos of people you know. I'm not for sure. Um, you guys on there? No? Okay. <clears throat> anyway, Isabella, come on up. Front and center. Right here. <laughs> so, Isabel's like like another daughter to us. Um, she's a, a daughter of of this house, and um, we get the leadership team to come on up. So she's Sarah's, I'd say little sister. She's her. She's Sarah's younger sister. <laughs> she's not she's not the little sister anymore <laughs> she's just as she's just as tall as everybody else taller than mom for sure and uh <laughs> where's cheryl she's is cheryl in the kids room <laughs> y'all outgrow her grew her pretty quick so um we when we send somebody out like this to to go um, they go with the blessing of this house, and when that happens, it's the way that it's supposed to happen, is that our fruit becomes their fruit. Wherever they are in the world, they're connected. We get increased, they get increased, but it also works in reverse. 
whatever breakthrough they get and the fruit that's in their life becomes ours also because that's the way a kingdom family is supposed to work. Um, when their stock goes up, so to speak, ours does. And so we get to benefit from her going to school and she gets to benefit from us continuing to press in. And so I'd ask you to do, to do one thing besides pray with us for her to send her off with this blessing. Um, well, for any of us that have prophetic words for her afterwards, uh, I'd like you to write them down and give them to her. If you get a word throughout the service, write that down and give that to her. Um, or if you don't have pen and paper, or you, I'm sorry, you can just put it in your phone, screenshot it, she'll get it, or voice record it afterwards. We just want to send her off with a blessing, and we'll do the same for the, for the, for the majority of our, our team, too, if you guys get prophetic words. Um, but I want you guys to pray over her individually, too. So, and we also want you to pray about sowing into her life. If you want to do that, please let us know or let her know. And she's got tuition to pay for at school. Um, well, yeah, housing, other things that, that need to be taken care of. And so we'd like you to pray about that also. Just ask the Lord to say, hey, do you want me to sow into Isabel's life? Um, again, it's, a, it's an honor and privilege. So, so thanks for, for being a part. Thanks for being an example of what it looks like to be hungry and pay a price to across the country and say, I just want more God. Um, so <laughs> I'm going to look at you without crying because I'm just going to miss you so much. So, Father, we thank you so much for, for Isabella. Uh, we thank you for the incredible daughter that she is, the example that she is. We thank you for the fire that burns on the inside of her. We <laughs> thank you. We thank you uh, for, for what Gwen's releasing to her. Uh, we, th <laughs> we, th we thank you uh, that we just get the privilege of sending her out with the blessing uh, uh, that's actually your blessing, the Father's blessing that's upon this house. We thank you. We send her off with that. We pray that this year would be the most radical increase in growth that she has ever experienced before, that she would grow more in nine months than she has in the last 20 years uh, of her life, that she would get deep deposits uh, of kingdom uh, identity as she continues her life, that she already lives in intimacy. Um, that she would begin to experience the miraculous at levels that she hasn't even been able to dream for yet. And that this school year would propel her and catapult her into the destiny that you have for her. That it would be very, very clear this year of what you've called her to, where you've called her to go, um, what it looks like. You give her a blueprint this year of what you want her to do in her life, the thing that's already alive and burning on the inside of her, would it come to the surface? Bring it to the surface this year, Holy Spirit, in the forefront of her mind that she can really see what it is, that there's, that it's just a clear picture. And she's going to know, yeah, this is what the Father wants me to do. This is where He wants me to go. This is how He wants me to do it. And so thank you, Lord, for that in Jesus' name. Okay, it's got cool Well, Jesus, I just thank you for Isabel, God. I thank you for the plans that you have for her in this season of life, God. All the amazing things that you have in store, Jesus. Yeah, yeah Isabel, I just bless you that you would um, have all the desires of your heart this season. 
the school year. That you would make lifelong friends. That you would go deeper in your identity in Jesus. That you would go deeper in experiencing how much his love is, how big his love is for you. I just pray for more life-changing encounters for you. (laughs) Yeah. I just keep hearing the word catapult. So I just thank you, Jesus, that you're catapulting her into the more that you have for her. I thank you, Jesus, for your provision spiritually, financially, physically for her. We just bless you as our as as your friends, as your family, as your mothers and fathers, sisters and brothers and Jesus. Everything that we have been given and more <laughs> we impart to you freely with our hearts wide open. We believe in you. We believe in you. Yeah, we bless you to run further and farther than we ever could. We bless you with what we carry and more. Yeah, thanks that in this season, um, in this school year, that um, the unique voice of Jesus that's inside of you um, will be released. Um, And uh, I just thank you, God, that it's necessary for the world to hear the unique person of Isabel. Um, the the call and the anointing that's on your life to simply be a daughter of the king and know who you are and uh, all the fun adventures that are going to come along with that. I bless you in Jesus' name. Father, I just want <clears throat> to thank you so much for this young lady and uh, her open heart, the openness for which she... Uh, dives into life (laughs) and i pray my god that you bless her with with even more arms wide open to receive all that you have to give her and for to in turn hand that out to everyone that she comes in contact with Mm -hmm. thank you so much for this amazing young lady and uh, what she has brought to all of our lives may that continue to spread Everywhere that she goes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jesus. Yes, Allah, I just bless you right now in the name of Jesus. Yeah. I thank you, God, and you open uh, her wings as an eagle, just fly and fly and fly mm-hmm. without understanding to be the understanding of you, Lord Jesus, as how you've always been. I thank you, God, to open her eyes to see as an owl just far away. And thank you for the gift that you've been releasing to her. You are gifted, so many. You have so many gifts that being able to release. It's time to open up your wings. Just release the healing that God has been blessing you with. I thank you, God, for the vision and the dream that she's having. I thank you, God, and you are the one who are always dream so big for her. And you are calling her in just the same way for her to dream higher and higher. And just be in the environment where you want to be. Just be humble. And always in the mode of receiving. Mm-hmm. And the growth that you will have from here tonight can be a year. It's going to be amazing, amazing, amazing. That is such a, a blessing for us to have you here. That you're part of this youth right now. Because what you carry is going gonna, gonna to fly 
so high, so high. There is doesn't going to be no ending. The sky will be the goal that you have. But here on the earth, just walking, that's how she's always being humble and full of love. Full of love, full of love. Reaching out for the one who, who needed and the one who doesn't need it. You will be pouring over all of them. It's a blessing for us to bless you, to have you here. And for every single one who will sow in you. Because the kingdom is not lacking anything. And your cries and your prayers are being received by God. <laughs> Just feel like it's like, don't worry about anything. My honey, my love, my beauty, my bride. <laughs> yes, the blessings are upon you. It's a well. It's a wealth. And it's a wealthy, it's a wealthy water. And bless water. Thank you, God, for the wind blowing over her right now. Holy Spirit, just, yes, front of your head, lay on your tongue now. <laughs> yes, Jesus, it's yours. It's yours. It's yours. Holy Spirit, more, 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 more. Just freedom, freedom as a ego, ego, flying, flying, and flying, and flying, doesn't have no end. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Peace, peace, peace. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, Isabel, we just love you. We support you in Jesus' name. Yeah, and there's nothing you're missing. I just pray for eyes to see hidden things, ears to hear secrets of heaven, and the fire of the gospel in Jesus' name. Uh, I just want to just want to remind you of this. I know this is something you've heard me say multiple times, but no matter no matter where you go, no matter where God sends you, that will always be home for you, that will always be here for you, that we're always a safe place for you, that you can always come to us with anything that you have, and that you can always trust us to be here. This will always be home base for you. We love you. Mm. Mm. Thanks, Jesus. All right, you guys ready? <laughs> Set. I want you to turn Colossians chapter 2. I'm going to read it to you out of the NLT, but it, it is it's good in, in all translations. <laughs> it just really drives the point home that all the other translations say the same thing. It's not saying something different, but it, it, it does, it words it really plain, which I personally like. <laughs> 
Um, so what I want to talk to you about today is I want to continue on the topic of, of honor. That honor is actually a part of our new nature in Christ. That honoring people actually became a part of us the moment that you and I said yes to Jesus. That it, it got deposited on the inside of us by that seed that First Peter talks about, that we've been born again by incorruptible seed. I, don't, no, I know I don't need to give a health lesson to tell you what, what, that, what that is pointing to, right? We all came from a seed of man, right? You with me? I don't feel that we have anybody too young that will probably understand that anyway. So, so, so when he, he says that, you know that the Bible oftentimes it points to natural things so that we can actually be able to comprehend it and get spiritual revelation from it. So when he says you're actually born again of incorruptible seed, he's saying all the way down to your very DNA, you've been changed. The only thing that stands in the way that, that convinces me otherwise is my mind. <laughs> Everything else is brand new. That's how 2 Corinthians 5.17 can say that if anyone be in Christ, which everybody that said yes is, if anyone be in Christ, they are a new creation. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. But, but how many of us, when we gave our life to Jesus, felt different, but we didn't feel all the way different? <laughs> like, I still got some of the same thoughts. I still got some of the same behaviors. I still think some of the same thing. I still say some of the same things. I know I really probably, I'm now convicted over, but I still do some of these same old things. So how can the Bible say that old things have passed away and all things have become new? God calls those things, it says in Romans 4.17, that God calls those things that be not as though they were. So when he says that old things have passed away, they have passed away. But this old way of thinking is the only thing that came into our born-again experience with us of our old nature. It's just my old thought patterns. And then the devil brings in lies when we do something that's of our old behavior. And he says, oh, look, you're not new. Or when we were, when we were first saved, he'd say, oh, you're not saved. Now, most of us, you can't convince us that we're not saved right now. Well, he did the same thing with some of you with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Right? It's like, that's not real. <laughs> why, why would he try so hard to convince me that it's not real? <laughs> because it's dangerous to him. <laughs> you, know, that's, you know, that's what I, I pray for you guys. I, pray that, I don't pray for your safety. I pray, actually, listen, hear me all the way out. I pray that you be dangerous to the enemy's kingdom in darkness. <laughs> uh, Self-preservation is not a prayer that's prayed in the kingdom. God keeps his hand. Keep, God keeps his hand on me, right? I understand interceding in times of attack and all that stuff. I'm just saying that my primary prayer for my children, for for my wife, for my family, and for you guys, and all those that I pray for, for the churches in the Middle East and under that are under attack and, and persecution constantly, is that they be dangerous to the enemy's kingdom and into the works of darkness. <laughs> Come on. I got, that, I got that prayer from Robbie Dawkins' wife. He was leaving the house one day on one of his trips, and he started to pray safety and protection over his kids. As he was leaving, she said, you don't pray those prayers over my kids, over our kids. You pray that they be dangerous to darkness and to the enemy's kingdom. 
I'm like, that's what I, that feels like kingdom to me. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I can get with that. <laughs> so, so I'm like, yeah, that's, that's good stuff. So our, our way of thinking is the only thing that was brought into our new born-again experience that literally we have, we literally have been changed. We, everything is, is new inside of us, and now just believing it. The Romans 12, 2, don't be conformed to this world, be transformed by the renewing of your minds. That's how we get transformation, is by the renewing of our mind. And so, I, uh, and also, I felt like I was just supposed to let you know, build expectation that I, I felt like the Holy Spirit baptism was going to come on people, even as we, as we talk today, as, as I teach. I just, I felt like that there's been people that have been praying for more. Like you've literally been asking for more. Would that be, would anybody fall in that category? You're like, Lord, I want more. Um, I felt like that there was going to be more, like a fresh Holy Spirit baptism. You probably already had it once, but it can happen again and again and again. We call, <laughs> we call that infilling. <laughs> or overwhelming sometimes in a good way. So every time we teach, I'm, I'm being, I'm trying to follow the Holy Spirit and be intentional, that truth would, would penetrate into the deepest place of our minds and, and eradicate the things of our old nature and our old, old behavior thinking that we have in there. Because it's the only thing that's, that's keeping our behavior anywhere similar to what we used to be pre-Jesus. It's literally my thinking. It's never trying harder and putting more effort into this thing. If it's trying harder, working harder, doing better, it all that's the voice of religion. Religion's telling you, try harder, do better, and then it's all about works. And then you go back into Galatians and read that again, and, and he tells the church, it, the Galatians, he's like, who has bewitched you that you had actually, <laughs> he's like, who has tricked you with this witchcraft and preached a different gospel to you than the one we brought to you? He literally tells them, if, if anybody preach a different gospel to you than, than I brought to you, it don't care if it's an angel from heaven. I, I wish that they would be cut off. You know that means emasculated. That's strong language. That's the, I'm just telling you the Bible. <laughs> like, I'm, you know, it just, it's just the Bible. I'm like, that's hardcore right there, Paul. I don't know. <laughs> but he, he's, it, and so it uses strong language there to let you know that there's only one gospel. And it, and it comes by faith through grace. And then I can't earn it. I worked really hard for years to be a good Christian. And I did a really poor job. And it was exhausting. Have you ever got really worn out by trying to be a Christian? Did you know that that's not supposed to be what it looks like? If I'm exhausted trying to be a Christian, I'm trying to do it out of my strength and not from His grace. And then I've fallen back into the category that I was just talking about. It's religion. It's works. It's trying to earn something that's already free. So just like we, sin, we, we were sinners with, with little to no effort, <laughs> we are to be sons and daughters with little to no effort. <laughs> right? The only effort I put into this is taking time daily to do what I call self-care. Self-care is working on my identity. I get a growing revelation of my identity in Christ on a daily basis as I allow him to love me. That's the best thing that I can do for my wife, for my kids, for my family, for, for you guys. It's the best thing that any of us can do is grow in who we are. I want to be more prophetic. I want to see more miracles. I want to see all that stuff. 
But if it doesn't follow love, it really doesn't mean anything. So when I grow in my identity, I'm growing in love. And then the rest of that stuff that we, we desire, the miraculous and all that stuff, that just, that just happens. I'm going to get to Colossians 2 in just a second. <laughs> Five, six years ago, when I got this revelation, I was so deeply convicted on this revelation of becoming love. I quit pursuing becoming prophetic and growing in miracles. I was really pursuing becoming more prophetic and giving, you know, being more accurate. And I would go in for names and dates and um, different things. I would take risks. And uh, wherever I went, I would, you know, just really try different words of knowledge. And I still, I still do that. But during that time, uh, I, just, I just stopped. And I said, God, I'm just going to pursue becoming love. And do you know that when I did that, I actually became, I actually grew in the prophetic and, and healing and miracles. It's almost like he wants it to be that way. <laughs> I'm like, oh, <laughs> I could have quit begging you to do this. It's actually part of who I am. I could have just rested in your arms and, and, and meditated on truth. And all this stuff would have came out of my new nature. Because your nature is to be prophetic. Your, your nature is to see miracles. Your nature is to see people healed and set free. That's part of your, your, our new nature as sons and daughters. That's, it's, it's, who, it's who you are. <laughs> Reminds me of a song. Colossians 2, 11 through 15. Now that I've told you to turn there, I'm going to turn there. It always wants me to update the Bible app at the most inconvenient times. I'm like, don't you know I'm teaching? I should give him a call. <clears throat> when you came to Christ, you were circumcised, but not by a physical procedure. Christ per performed a spiritual circumcision, the cutting away of your sinful nature. <laughs> you see how it actually points to, to natural things? To, to give you a picture so that we can actually get spiritual revelation. He's like, I need to be able to give you a natural picture, regardless of how real it is, and so that you can understand spiritual things. He said, Christ performed a spiritual circumcision, the cutting away of your sinful nature. Cutting away means that it's, that it's gone, Right? I know you guys, are, you, you guys get that. I just want to emphasize that. Verse 12, for you were buried with Christ when you were baptized, and with him you were raised to new, life, to new life when you trusted the mighty power of God who raised Christ from the dead. That would be the Holy Spirit. You were dead because of your sins and because of your sinful nature was not yet cut away. Did you know that even though, do you know pre-Christ, before Jesus, even though we were breathing, breathing according to biblical standards, we weren't living. Just, he said just because you've got a pulse doesn't mean that you're alive. It just means you're existing. You're waiting to actually come into life when you get baptized into him. When, when you come into Christ, we get clothed with Christ, as it says in Galatians, around verse, uh, chapter 3, verse 28. He says, you actually put on Christ completely. And when that, takes, when that takes place, all things become, all things become new. So, 
because you were dead. You were dead because of your sins and because of your sinful nature was not yet cut away. Then God made you alive with Christ for he forgave all of your sins. Do you know that that means all of your sins? I did, a, I did an identity school yesterday. Me, Lindsay, and Sarah went over to New Covenant, Newcastle, and, and I taught. We'll do one here sometime in the near future, I feel like. Uh, I did six sessions on identity. The, uh, the, the Father's heart and, and how the Father sees you is what the title of the school was. I did six sessions on identity from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m., did Q&A and all that stuff. And, and we just, I, I just hammered them. You know, by, by lunch, Lindsay said, you have Bibled me to death. I said, good. <laughs> that, that's the goal. <laughs> you catch that? <laughs> Did you know that, that, is, that the word of God is meant to kill you? <laughs> Kill everything you were never supposed to be. <laughs> I'm, t- I'm telling you, that, that's it. And, and the reason I gave them so much scripture, you can't do it on a Sunday morning because it's mostly expository preaching. I guess you could. But time com- sometimes gets in the way. But it's harder to argue with Bible. So I just give you Bible that interprets the Bible, that interprets the Bible, that interprets the Bible, because that's the way the Bible is supposed to be interpreted. I like what Smith Wigglesworth said. Some people read it in Greek, some read it in Hebrew. I read it in the Holy Spirit. (laughs) And so I find scriptures that interpret scriptures that interpret scriptures, and I just hammered them away with sinful nature's gone. You're a son. Everything's brand new. Just more scripture than I've ever used before in any school. And by lunch, there was a, a man, he, he sent me a message last night. He said, by lunch, he said, I thought, I couldn't get it. He's like, I, he said, he, he skipped lunch. They provided lunch. He skipped lunch because he's like, I just couldn't, I couldn't believe that that was me. Like, there's no way. I've hurt too many people. I thought, I, I get that. I've been there, you know, wrecked, destroyed, like life's been hurt, lots of Lots of people in the, in the past. So I get the understanding of that, of thinking, I can't possibly be worthy of his love. Like you, I can't be who you're saying I am, who the Bible's saying I am, because of all the damage I've done. Like there's no way, that's not me. He is, he's no way he forgave me for all that stuff. And I made this statement, and I didn't, you know, well, I don't even think it was intentional. And I said, do you realize that God knew every sin, every mistake, every fall, every poor choice, every horrible thing that maybe nobody else even knows you've done, that only you know you've done. That He knew all that, and He still chose you in Him before the foundation of the world to be holy and without blame before Him in love. He made you accepted in the Beloved before the foundation of the world. What's that say? That none of those things changed his love for you, and they never will. That's not a license to sin. That's the license to live out of your new nature. If we still live in sin, it's because we don't know who we are. It's an identity issue. 
not realizing that I'm a powerful person. I don't have to choose that stuff anymore. And the more I press into the fact that I'm a son of God, and I see myself the way that he sees me, sin, actually the desire of it will completely leave. As the more I transform my mind with truth. Doesn't mean temptation will, will not be there. That's not what I'm saying. We live in a world that's full of, it's full of sin. It's under the power of darkness. But Romans 8 said it's waiting for the revealing of the sons and daughters of God. <laughs> it's waiting for us to wake up to who we are. Because <laughs> so, it's our responsibility. In Psalms 115 verse 16, it says that God left man in charge of the earth. God doesn't get the blame for what's on the planet. The church does. I'm not trying to put blame. I'm just telling you where the responsibility lies. A lot of people say, why isn't God doing anything about it? He actually provided the sacrifice already. He provided everything necessary. That's why it's called the finished work. And then when we get a revelation of who we are, we realize that we don't have to put up with darkness on the planet. That we can actually push it out, destroy the works of the devil. Like it says in 1 John chapter 3, uh, verse 8, part B of the verse, it says that G Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. In Romans 8, 29, it says that, we're the first, uh, that he was the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. That he predestined us to actually be like Jesus. And so we look at the example that Jesus set, and you say, actually, that's what I get to do too. I destroy darkness through, through actually being light and love. We say, hold on, Jesus is the light of the world. You know, did you see in the Sermon on the Mount when he turned around to the disciples, he said, you are the light of the world. He's made a profound statement there. He said, look, look what I am. I am the light of the world, but you and I are going to be one, so that makes you light. I'm love. You and I are going to be one. That makes you love. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I'm the one that gives life. You and I are one. That's why you're alive. It's better than you're letting on. <laughs> I get so excited when I talk identity. I thought this morning I was going to be exhausted because I taught for seven hours, almost seven hours yesterday, you know, six hours. That's a lot of talking, you know, and a lot of excitement and crying and tears. I'm not just like stoic when I do this stuff. This is just me every time I teach. So, <laughs> but when I talk about identity, it's, it's literally life-giving. When Jesus told a whole group of disciples it looked like he was trying to actually do something that would not fit in the model of of church growth i bet they don't teach it in church planning boot camp he said he said unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood you can't you can't be a part of me <laughs> and there was a whole bunch of them like we cannot get down with that jesus we're not joining the cannibal church it's not for me like, I'll eat bread, I'll eat fish, but I ain't eating your flesh. I would have been in that group. Like, those things can only be spiritually discerned. Right? And he did that. It appears, I could be wrong, but it appears to me like he did that on purpose. And he told the disciples, he said, hey, are you going to leave me too? And Peter spoke up and said, where would we go? You're the one that actually has the words of life. And what I hear him saying when he says that is, when you speak, I come alive. Because he's the word. <laughs> he's the word. He is life. He is truth. He is the way. He's everything that we need. That's why Colossians 2.10 says that for now you are complete in him. 
who is the head of all principalities and powers. You and I are complete in Jesus. And there's no sin in Him. So my sinful nature is completely cut away. And the only thing that convinces me otherwise is bad theology by good people or my mind has not yet been transformed by the truth. I don't know why people want to be sinners saved by grace for all their life. Because when you're a sinner saved by grace, you'll sin by faith. Why would I do anything else? That's who I am. I'm only going to live out of my nature. I can only produce the fruit that I believe is my identity. So what fruit gets produced when I actually show, actually see, and meditate on the truth of who I am as a son? The fruit of my life becomes the fruit of what Jesus displayed on the planet and the things that we see in Galatians 5. The fruit of the Spirit, but also what Jesus displayed. He displayed humility. He, he displayed compassion. Right? He, he, displayed, he displayed honor. He says this statement that got me for a long time. And, and he, he says that if you honor a prophet in the name of a prophet, you will receive a prophet's reward. And it's another one of those spiritual truths that you read and you're like, wow, that sounds great, but what does it mean? Right? And so honor in the Bible, I'll redefine it for you guys, is that it is actually fixing the correct value upon. That's what it means in the Greek. Fixing the correct value upon or placing the correct value upon. And Jesus is the only one that can actually fix the correct value upon a person because he's the one that defines what we're worth. Not our past, not people, not our job title, not how much money we make, what we drive, where we live. Our education level, none of that defines us. He's the only one that can define me. And because he's the only one that can define me, he's the only one that can tell me what I'm worth. And he showed us on the cross. He said, you're worth this much. You're worth this much. I love you this much. I actually took your place. You're worth my life. And so if I'm worth his life, when I actually see the value that he's placed upon me and believe it, like that man said, that young man, he's like, you know, He's like, I couldn't, I couldn't believe that I was worth it because of all this stuff. And then when I said that statement, man, God knew all that. He said, it is a light bulb moment for him. He's like, oh my gosh, he's right. God knew I would do all that stuff. He chose me anyway. He, still, he loves me. I am worth his love. Like I'm worthy of his love. Like he had this life-changing moment yesterday. This, this young man will forever be changed because of that. I'm like, wow, that is the number one key outside of knowing what Jesus did for me. Salvation, it actually should be, it is actually a part of salvation. Is when I realize I'm worthy of his love, then I realize you are. Then I realize the rest of the world is. I realize that everybody's worth his love. Every person I see applied the same value to every person. And so what, it, what does it look like to honor, honor somebody in the, in the ne- in honor a prophet in the name of a prophet. The only way I can describe it is to tell you a, a short, brief story or testimony of my own personal life. Because there is a misconception in the body of Christ, in some areas of the body of Christ, where uh, we treat 
apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers like rock stars and put them on a pedestal, right? And it's, it's like, it's, Amer- it's American culture. It's, it's rock star entertainment, movie star culture that gets implemented in the church. And we treat them above everybody else. And everybody else is just like a peon, right? But Jesus said that the, the, that the foundation was built upon the apostles and prophets. You know what a foundation is, right? It's on the ground. So apostles and prophets would be lying flat. Why? So that we can run across them further and faster than they ever could into the things of God. That's the prayer of my life is that I would be uh, that I would actually be a, a bridge into the Father's heart, into the more. That people would run across my life. That's what it's supposed to look like. That those that have five-fold ministry gifts are supposed to get the lowest. Jesus models that. If Jesus put on a towel and washed his disciples' feet at the Last Supper, then, then, then nobody else should be exalting themselves as a rock star, right? He showed us that example intentionally with his whole life. It says in Philippians 2 that he humbled himself even to the point of death, the death of the cross, the sinner's death. He showed us what humility is. So humility is actually part of my new nature. And when I don't live out of it, it just means I don't have a revelation of that particular part of my new nature yet. Because you don't have to go and get it. It's inside you. But I need to see truth in the word. And so I began to, I got this privilege, this amazing privilege of getting connection with a, a prophet of God, which is, his name is David Wagner. So we got connection with him in 2016, and it was just a total God thing. Like he was on stage at Bethel speaking at the prophetic conference, and Kim Gould told me to, well, Kim Chambers now told me to send him an email. She said, why don't you send him an email before he gets too big? You know, like, too much influence. And I realized that this guy had already been at Global Awakening with Randy and Heidi and them, like, for years, and uh, Randy Clark and Heidi Baker. And I'm like, this guy's, you know, he's already traveling uh, 300 to 400,000 miles a year on a plane. Uh, I'm like, so I sent him an email. It's one of those emails you're like, probably not going to get anything back. I got a phone call from him within a few weeks. He said, your number just jumped off the email to me. I felt like I was supposed to call you. And he's driving his uh, daughter, Era, back up to to college in Tennessee. And I'm like, okay. And he he said all the things that you hope for. He's like, I just drive up there to meet with your leadership team and hang out. I just want to build connection with you. Just want to build relationship with you. That's what you're looking for. I want to build relationship with you. I don't want to just come preach at your church. I don't want to just come do meetings. I want, to, I want to have a relationship with you and with your team. I'm like, wow. You know, and a few months later, he's sitting in my living room. I'm like, this is only God could make this possible, you know? And, <laughs> and so I, I began to, at times when, when he said it was okay, I would begin to follow, you know, him and, and to some of his schools that he does, prophetic schools, and went in different places throughout the country and and with no agenda other than just to be there. I said, I just want to be a son and serve. That's all. I, I'm not trying to make ministry connections so I can come preach places and all that stuff. I, I wasn't doing any of that. I never did. And I just said, I just want to literally learn from you. 
And, and that is what honor looked like, is that I realized that that man had been anointed by God, that he, had a, that he not only had a gift, but is a gift from God. Because when somebody is in the fivefold ministry, they become a gift. <clears throat> it says it in Ephesians 4. I, they gave gifts, men. The two, as in actually in the original text, gave gifts, men. And so the man becomes, or the woman becomes the gift. You're chosen by God. You can't get that imparted to you. It's just something that happens from birth, right? And so I realized that this man's been doing this for 18 years. He's seen lots of crazy miracles that are just insane. I mean, they saw an arm, an arm grow out that was just a stub, whole arm right before their eyes with a hand and everything, all the digits. Talk about freaky. Documented miracles. This ain't sci-fi. This is kingdom. This is <laughs> Even though it seems a little like sci-fi sometimes. <laughs> it gets pretty mystical. So I'm, I'm just in awe. I mean, you saw a little boy. I mean, just people raised from the dead, like all, all kinds of stuff. But even though all that was great, I wasn't impressed most with, with the things he had seen. I was impressed most that the same man that was on stage is the same man that was in my living room. That he was vulnerable and so incredibly loving. He demonstrates the love of the Father in, in ways that have cha absolutely changed my life. He loves so profoundly and so well. And that's what we gather around. We don't gather around gifting. Lots of people see miracles. Not everybody sees them for the right reasons. I'm like, I don't, I, I, I'm not, and God led us completely away. He said, you, you gather on character, don't gather on gifting. Because character and gifting are supposed to go together, but they don't always. <laughs> Your character is what's seen when nobody's looking, not when everybody's watching. And so I seen this from David, and he became a spiritual father, and, and, and he became a friend, and we're like one of my best friends. And so I'm, I'm traveling with him, and then, and then one day in Connecticut, he, he calls me up. Again, I'm just there for, for two days. I'm, I'm spending time at a school out in Old Saybrook, and, and he calls me up front. Like I'm, I, he would always give me prophetic words. Like, I didn't come for that stuff. You know what I mean? I just came to be with you and uh, to learn from you. And he comes up, and he says, hey, I want to I pray for you. He said, in some cultures, he said, fathers and sons, they hug heart to heart on the right side. And he said, I believe when, they, when this happens that there's going to be an impartation that takes place from my ministry, from my pastor's ministry, and, and that it's going to, what I've it's taken 20 years to get to, that it's going to happen in moments to you. And I'm always excited about that, and I've had lots of people pray for me, but you don't always see a lot of stuff, right? Can I tell you that impartation, uh, even though it happens, has to be developed through believing truth in our own minds? that you're not going to get prayed for by anybody that just zaps you and you're suddenly just this rock star Christian that sees miracles every day. That you're, to be able to, that, for that to sustain and growth, my mind has to be transformed and know who I am. I, I think it's mercy for God not to let it happen another way. <laughs> Otherwise, I would have been a complete wreck. All right? If he'd have let it go down some other way. So, so David prays for me. I hit the ground and, and lay there for, you know, conscious, unconscious for I don't know how long. 
kind of get up, and I had to go to the airport not long after that, and, and immediately I sensed, and people here, that happened in 2017, and people that know me and have been around me long enough, Owen and Nikki and Sarah probably would have been the ones, the main ones, and Joan Orelli, I think you guys were here then, but there was a spiritual maturity that came with it, and maturity, I'm not talking about, incre- I saw increasing gifts, but that, that was, it was something way better than that. There was spiritual maturity and wisdom and things that came in, in a moment. And I'm like, it doesn't even make sense to me how that's possible. And it pointed back to, if you honor a prophet in the name of a prophet, you receive a prophet's reward. And it showed me that I, I actually was honoring David and what's on his life the, and placing, affixing the proper value upon him. And you notice that it says, if you honor a prophet in the name of a prophet, you receive a prophet's reward. It doesn't say that it's supposed, to, it's supposed to benefit the prophet or the person. When you honor somebody, it's not supposed to benefit them. It's actually a kingdom thing. Remember, we live in an upside-down, inside-out kingdom. Is that when I honor somebody else, it actually benefits me. Now, it may not benefit you so much if that's what you're selfishly looking for. <laughs> but if you're actually looking for the impartation, the, the reward, so that you can give it away and change the world with it, that's when I believe it comes to you. And so he gave me this demonstration in real life. And I didn't know I was doing it when it happened. I can't say that, oh, yeah, this was intentional. I was honoring him. No, I, I didn't know that. I was just felt like I was supposed to do it. And so I want you to know that this works with everybody, not just prophets, not just fivefold ministry, but anybody that you, that you honor properly, there's a reward from heaven that comes to us that I believe is spiritual and I believe one of the main things that come is the greater grace to be able to live out of this place of love for us, to be able to demonstrate what it looks like to live a kingdom life on a daily basis so that our world and will look and see. They will look to the church and they will see accurately and properly, not just who the Father is, but what kingdom family looks like so that they desire it. That they realize this thing isn't just a church on Sunday deal, but this is an all-day, all everyday lifestyle that we live, that we demonstrate in front of them, and they actually are attracted to it and sometimes won't even know why. But it's because it's life-giving, because it's love. It's because it's what they are crying out for on the inside of them. They're crying out for love. And as the old saying goes, they are looking for it in all the wrong places. <laughs> but they're being drawn in. And I believe that living a life of honor is one of the ways that we actually get to the privilege of serving them, not lording over them. I believe that's one of the reasons that that God's not allowing transformation to happen through government at this point. Because it's a lording over, right? And that's not actually kingdom. Kingdom is you come in, you get low. I'm not saying there's not going to be change and all that stuff. I pray for that. Yeah, I believe that there will be. I have hope for that. <laughs> if I didn't have hope for it, it means I'm not believing something that's true. I'm believing something that's a lie. So, but I believe that God is giving us an opportunity to live from this place. And so, this is, this is what I want to do. I want you to stand up. We're going to pray. And I want to remind us that this, that this 
ability to be able to live in honor towards other people is already in us. It's part of our new nature. You say, well, how do I honor the person that, that, doesn't, that doesn't deserve it? <laughs> I would remind us that we deserved nothing that Jesus did. <laughs> and that the only reason I'm in the position I am in is because of grace. <laughs> and my whole lot of mercy, new mercy every morning is what the Bible says. <laughs> and I'm real grateful for that. But I'll tell you another practical way is that I have to have eyes to see. I literally have to see from his perspective and see what he sees. He sees other people in a, in a way that a lot of times I don't. And I need his vision. And the more I get transformed into love, the, more, the, the easier it becomes to see you and the rest of the world around us the way that he sees them. It's, remember, it's not complicated. It's just believing better. So I'd love to tell you to pray for your neighbor, but I think that you ought to put your hand on your own heart. Pray for who needs it most, right? <laughs> I know I always need it most. <laughs> and so Holy Spirit, would you come? Would you come? Come Holy Spirit. Would you come and de deconstruct old thinking patterns that are the same, that line up with our old nature that's been cut away? Would you bring truth as you deconstruct lies and thinking patterns and paradigms and boxes that aren't supposed to be a part of our life now that we're sons and daughters? Would you bring truth that will not only blow those things up, but that will actually wear new neural pathways that will get down into the foundation of who we are and help us to stay in that low position of humility. That low position that Jesus taught us to live from. Would you bring healing to hearts? Yeah. We release love into every heart right now that there would be a reconciliation between hearts and truth that you are worth the Father's love. You're worth everything that He paid for you. You're worthy of His love. He made it possible that that truth would come in as love is mixed with it and bring healing, would help us to let go of things that we've held against ourselves for things that we've done in the past that you've already forgiven us for. Help us let go today as Sarah was talking about. Just let go and fall into your arms knowing it's what we were made for. We need you. We need you, Jesus. We need you. We need to be dependent solely upon you. Help us. Help us believe better. Help us believe truth. Help us to do self-care daily, to be disciplined in our regiments of meditating on truth, making declarations, and all the things that are going to help us to grow into everything you already see us as, as sons and daughters.
release peace upon minds. Yeah, I release peace that destroys chaos around families. Thank you for restoration, reconciliation of family. Thank you for continually showing us what what healthy kingdom family looks like. I pray that all of us will tap into the grace that you have freely and abundantly given to embrace this process of refinement, that we will not run, but that we will embrace it. I can tell you this, that there have been people that have said that are here right now that have said, I wanted to run when I came. I wanted to run when I came. Can I tell you that one of the reasons that that happens here is is because there's refinement that's taking place. And our natural response to that is to want to get away. It's like your body running from pain, right? It doesn't, you don't want it. That's why it's, it's not natural. But this actually is good for us. Refinement. Refinement. Father, thank you for the fire of refinement. Of refining us into your character, into your image. (laughs) Thank you that we get this privilege. Thank you. We get this privilege to show the world what you look like. Bless what you're doing in this room. Online. Thank you. Thank you so much. We just embrace this, King Jesus. We embrace you as you embrace us. Thank you. Thank you for the healing that's happening. Thank you for eliminating even the sting of the hurts. Yeah, the only thing that's going to be left is the scar that doesn't even hurt when you touch it. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, just pray for more of your love to be poured into every person right now. Over and upon, over and upon, continuously. Fresh baptism of your love. Fresh baptism. Jesus' name. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Prayer team, you guys can come up if you would. Jesus. If you guys need prayer for anything, healing, you need somebody to partner with you on something, whatever it is, it's amazing people up here want to pray for you. If you're having a moment with Jesus, you don't need to go anywhere. We're not going anywhere yet. 
You can stay where you're at, but I know that some of you probably got plans. So we bless you guys. Thanks so much for being with us today. I'm excited about what God's doing in each one of our lives and praying for you guys more for every one of you. In Jesus' name, bless you all. Thanks for listening to Revive the World Ministries podcast. Join us each week for another message and listen to past messages by visiting us online at revivetheworld.org.